Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And tonight we have a very good show prepared. And uh, we're going to take all your questions whenever you want. You can call us in here at the studio, 718-683-5858. We have two or three topics I'm going to take up right now. And then we'll hear your calls whenever they are. And you can also text us. I hope I'll be able to see it. At uh, The text line is 347-927-8398. Oh, it's up now. Uh, 347-927-8398. You can text us right now. And call the studio. Give me a few minutes till I say a few things. And then we'll Get, we'll be able to take your calls, but scribble down the number 718-683-5858. And uh, the topic that I wanted to take up today is about kashrus education. And that's for everybody in the family. I, it's something I spend a little time working on in my mind and looking things up for you and to share a few items with you now. First of all, for the men, I've been giving shurim for uh, se- several... <laughs> several decades on Kashrus, on Yoridea. And anybody who wants to is welcome to come. There's no charge at all for the men to learn Yoridea. Some people go for smicha, some people don't go for smicha. It's your choice. Uh, that's something that the, you have to decide. And the, uh, the, the program, in two different places. On Sunday, there's a sheer 10 o'clock in the morning at 1358 East 13th Street. And uh, Sunday night, at 8.30, and also Thursday night at 8.30, we have a shear at 1114 Avenue O. That's 1114 Avenue O. That's between East 12th and Coney Island Avenue. That's the Avrechem Shul. The first one, the 1358 on Sunday morning, is a base Mordechai, because Shul called base Mordechai. And these shiurim, interestingly enough, are all on Taruvis, but they're all in three different places. It's pretty soon we're finishing one and starting another thing too. Is uh, you could uh, anybody could join now. You could join whenever you'd like. And uh, a lot of people have been learning with me for I would say uh, 10, 15 years more. And also um, a number of people use the, these programs that I give to get smicha. I have Talmidim who got smicha from Rabbi Palm. From other Rosh Hashivas, other Gedolim, other people uh, who went into Chinuch and Kashrus and different areas. So, and some of the people give this my shiurim over. I'm not, I say my shiurim, but really I got my shiurim from my Rebbe, Rav Hashazim and Zatzal. So, basically, uh, it's you have something you can really get a hold of in terms of Yeridaya. And just to give you, for instance, we'll discuss a, a brief topic now. I'll try to make it. Uh, simple enough for everybody who's listening, whether it's uh, you know someone who's learning in the uh, in the Ardea or who has some, some background in that, or people who don't have that kind of background. It's a very interesting question, and it's one that ties into everything that we do in terms of kashras. Everybody knows the rule that you can nullify something in sixty, but that really isn't true. And and the reason it's not true is because if there isn't sixty. There's still ways to save it. And if there is 60, there's still times where it's not going to be kosher. So that even though we know, we know the din about nullifying in 60, it's not always true. And also there's also nullification in different numbers, 200 and uh, nullification in uh, 100 and then uh, 101, the, the nullification sometimes in Bachab Betray and in, in just one into two. So the number one into 60 is not really the way the halacha reads, and you have to be familiar with how to use it. So just to give you an idea of some of the things that we discuss in the shirim in Yeridea, let's take the case about something was mixed in, let's say milk got mixed in, and we're not sure if the, the meat has a milky taste or not. So there's basically four shittas in the Rishonim, I'm going to mention only two of them, Rashi and the Rambam. Rashi holds that you always have to have 60 before you start discussing the topic. There must always be a 60 as a minimum, 60 to 1 minimum. We're talking about where it's like milk and meat, something that gives a flavor. So Rashi says you need 60, but that's not good enough. And then you have to have a non-Jew tasting the food to decide if it has a milky flavor or not. That's the only way. He says you need both. Of course, if you can't find 
somebody who will taste it, a non-Jew. You happen to be uh, in a place where there's no goyim there whatsoever. The thing would spoil until you could find somebody to, to check it. So therefore, you're allowed to rely on the 60. But otherwise, you can't rely on the 60. Sa- says the Rambam, the exact opposite. The Rambam says the preferable method is to get a non-Jew to taste it. And whether or not it has 60 or it doesn't have 60 is not the issue. That 60 is a backup if we can't find a non-Jew, but we're always supposed to use a non-Jew to taste it if we can all do that. Of course, if it was a kosher thing and you wonder if it's part of it or not, then you, then, then you could have a Jew taste it. But as far as a, a non-Jew tasting it, we, we would rely, on, we prefer to get a non-Jew tasting it than to uh, rely on the 60. So there's are two opposite ideas. Rashi wants you to do both. You want a non-Jew and he wants 60. And the Rambam says preferable to get a non-Jew to taste it. And the 60 is only a backup method. That's sort of background for us to understand the halacha. Now, when we come into our real situation, you know, what's the Shulchan Aruch say? There's a machloikas between the Mechaber and the Ramor, between Rav Yosef Karo, who presents the Sephardic minhagim and Sephardic way of understanding the halacha, and Ramor, the Ramor Sheisalis, who explains the, uh, the way the, the Ashkenazim work. So the Mechaber Rabbi Yosef Karo says that you're supposed to get a goy to taste it, and uh, that's, that's the way to go. And Ramor says, in our times, we no longer rely on a non-Jew tasting the food. We just don't do that anymore. So we always have to use the number 60, and that's how we're, we're trained, more or less. But what about if it's something that could be trafe? So I'm not allowed to taste it, because if it, is, if it does have a flavor then I would be getting an Avera by, by eating it and tasting it. So I'm not allowed to taste it. So then I have to give up? So my Rebbe used to tell a proverbial story. I don't know if it's true or not. I, I wish I could have asked him. I never asked him. He told the story a number of times, but I never really, I never asked him the question if it really ever happened. But this is how he described it. In Europe, they, they, it was very difficult. Not many people had a regular oven to be able to do cooking. A lot of cooking was done uh, in, in a way that didn't have a regular oven. And things that needed the regular oven, there was a communal one. Like, for example, Cholent for Shabbos, there was a communal oven. And anybody who knows anything about the history knows that, of course, you had fire and wood. That's what you could always get. But the, what you needed for the, the for a, uh, for an oven, you had to have, let's say, bricks or whatever it was. It was very, 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 very expensive. Very, very difficult. Famous story, uh, one of the Gedolim, his father had, a, had to pay schalimud and he didn't have anything. He took apart his own oven and gave it to somebody else and got money for it and was able to pay schalimud. So there really is, uh, really was a difficult time. So anyway, in, the, in those days, there was such a thing as a, a place where everybody put the cholent for Shabbos. So the story goes, you know, proverbial or factual, the story goes that somebody spilled milk, and we don't know which, which chillin' pots it hit, whether it's yours or somebody else's or nobody's, but we don't know. We know it spilled there, and some of them were hit. We don't know who was, was hit, and we have a problem. So what happened was they, the people who were Ashkenazim went to the Spartan, and they said, you take my chillin'. I'm giving it to you. Now it's yours. And and they would, they would have a non-Jew taste each one of the cholents. Uh, maybe the Sephardim didn't have cholent, maybe it's got chamim, or whatever it is, but they give a go-ahead and they, they found the Sephardim, and then the Sephardim found the goyim, and the goyim would say that uh, this one is, doesn't have a milk taste, this one does, this one doesn't, and that was what they did. And then the Sephardim would taste it, and the, and the Ashkenaz would say, I can, now I can eat it. And that's, what the, that's the story, whether it ever happened or not, it doesn't make a difference, but the point is, that's the concept. So we, did, we, we coexist here, we work together, and that was a solution. Now, one of the things that I always found very interesting is the question of the 60. A lot of times, people ask me, you know, what the halach is, and if there's 60 or not 60, I always say, throw it back to them. I said, you, is there 60 in the pot? So they look at me and they say, yes. 
And that's how we, how we do it, because I never heard of a rabbi today sitting there with measuring tools to be able to figure out if there was 60. The only time we ever have a shiloh, we ever use the 60, is where we know 100% that we have the 60. And the person himself knows if it's a little teeny amount, he knows he has a 60. If it has a lot, he wouldn't have the chutzpah to say it has 60. So that's really how we determine today. Of course, commercially, we have numbers because there are batch codes, and they know within a certain amount range exactly how much everything is put in. So they do have real numbers. The problem with the numbers, and this is very interesting, is that the numbers are not real because in the, they use weight and not volume. And we, in terms of halacha, require volume and not weight. So that we have to somehow convert the weight, uh, the weight to volume. And that we know from a relative uh, weights and volumes of the different materials. So they, the scientists are familiar with those conversions, and that's how we've determined today whether or not there's a bitle of shishim in a plant when something was mi- accidentally mixed in. They work with the batch codes, and they work with uh, converting based upon the thickness of the food, the viscosity, thickness of the food, and they're able to determine what the volume is relationship to the weight. That's, that's a little bit of an understanding of how 60 works today. So without anything, without further, so that's a, an example of something that we would take up in, on, on one of our shiurim on Sunday mornings or on mon, uh, Sunday night or on Thursday. And if anybody wants to come, more than welcome. There's no charge. And if anybody would like to say, suggest the husbands go, let them call me. If they have any questions, you can reach me at the Cautious Magazine office, 718 336-8544. Now, we did have at one time a hookup, and I'm not don't think we're going back to that, so you'll have to f- actually come physically in. However, if you want to get tapes, we have, uh, we have them in all different forms. We have them in physical old tapes, you know, the tape records, remember, remember those? Some people get that. I'll just tell you a story about that in a moment. And Some people get it in CDs and some people get it in MP3s. We give them a USB with the MP3s on it. You have to pay for that, but it's not a million dollars. There are hundreds of tons of tapes that I have which are on your day, which would be very helpful to anybody who's learning your day. Recently, somebody came to me and said he wants to buy the old cassettes. And we've stopped that a, a few years already. Because no one, I have a machine, but no one's, uh, no one's interested in that anymore. So why I ask why he wants it? He says because for somebody in prison, and not even one person, a few people in prison, and they're going to learn bechavrosa. On I'm not joking. This is serious. And this happened just a few weeks ago, and they want to learn bechavrosa. They want to learn the uh, the yoredayish yurim that I have, and uh, I should I should send it to them. So I gave them a very low price because. I felt Rahmanas, uh, I mean, the people are sitting in jail, they want to learn Torah. I'm not interested in trying to uh, make, a, make money on this. So it takes a tircha, the tapes cost money. So whatever we charged them was, a, bit, was a, a drop in the bucket compared to what we used to charge when we were making those kind of tapes. So uh, when they're just ready to mail all the tapes to the, to the rabbi who goes into the prison, so he said to me, uh, they don't have metal screws, do they? I said, of course they have metal screws. That's how you make a tape. They have metal screws, little metal screws. That's what holds the tape together. He says, you can't have metal screws in the, in the prison. They won't let you it in. So I said, well, what am I supposed to do? That's all I have. And I went around and I tried to find tapes that don't have those metal screws. I couldn't even find them. There may be somebody who has it, but I, I tried it. It isn't a simple thing to locate. So I said, I don't have any other choice. So he said, okay. You'll send them to me, and I'll take out the metal screws and put glue in, and they'll be able to take them into the prison. So every time the rabbi goes, I, mean, I sent him, a, I think it was 90 tapes, close to 90, maybe it was 87, 99, but almost 90 tapes, and on Basel B'cholov. And, and, and he, every time he goes, it takes some time. He takes a few of the tapes apart, sticks the glue in, and brings the tapes to these people who were in, in prison. 
And unbelievably, they're sitting there listening to these tapes again and again and again. I can't believe it, but that's that, that gives you an idea of, 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 of what somebody who is turned on sitting in jail for whatever he did, I don't have no idea, maybe he didn't do, but I, but I, I don't have no idea what they're in jail for. But, the, but to sit there and to learn and, and hours and hours, that's, that's what I'm hearing. So it, it's an extraordinary thing. I mean, I was just very moved by it. Uh, I don't know what your reaction is. Of course, we don't want anybody to do that. We don't want anybody to be over there, but at least to realize that, that some people are taking life very seriously and not wasting their time. Anyway, that's a little bit about men learning. Now, let's talk about women. Women... Uh, could have a, a, a wonderful program. And, I, and I, I want to inspire the, the listeners, the women, and then the men listening, tell their wives. But I'm, I, I want to inspire you to set up programs this year. We were not so successful because it's tremendously time-consuming for me in the office. Uh, the secretaries in, uh, have a limited amount of time in the office. We're not, no one is there full-time. And it's it just, just the, 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 the logistics of setting these things up when we don't, it's not our friends in our neighborhood. It's collecting names and telephone numbers and trying to synchronize things. It's not so simple. So I guess throw it out to you. So here's how you can do it. Any woman listening can decide, I want to do a program in my house. You could do it in a show, but you can do it right in your house. I, I gave a program, which I don't remember how many sessions it was already. I can't remember how many sessions. Maybe it was five sessions. It wasn't a lot. But there was a, it was not more than one. It wasn't just one and two. For a group of ladies in Borough Park, Bubba for Ladies, I mean, I was amazed that they were going to get together and, and they asked me to come to give these programs to them. And it was Milady's house. In fact, I just heard from this lady recently. She wants to write an articles for us. So she, it, it, it was really an extraordinary, uh, interesting group. And they, were, they, 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 they needed this. And they didn't have another source. They came to me. I got me. I said, you can get to your own Rabbanim. They wanted me to come do it. But there are plenty of people to get. Every cautious organization does programs, maybe not in the house, but maybe in a shul with 100 ladies or 50 ladies, maybe you can get somebody down from one of the organizations. But if you need to, there are plenty of people who are expert in kashras, who have a lot of experience in kashras, who have a lot to say, you can have a program in your house. It's not, it's not going to cost a fortune, whatever the time uh, the person wants to take for his time. Uh, it's going to be still a drop in the bucket if you have five, ten ladies there. It's not going to cost very much for anybody. That's number one. Number two, and this is what everybody always excited about, is the question of the, the insects. Now, first of all, how to check. Secondly, can you ch- can you check how to check? Uh, what's the latest on this? What's the latest on that? And 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 people need to get that kind of training. We were not very successful in setting this up for several reasons. But I'm going to give you the simplest thing. And if anyone who wants to try it, call a kavod, try it out. If you need help or you, you, you were successful or you weren't successful, let me know. But I can't do the work for you. You go to one of the supermarkets in Flatbush or Borough Park, a nice-sized supermarket where they put out vegetables that they prepare in-house. They make baskets or whatever it is. And these are people that have to have on their staff uh, in our neighborhood, Flatbush Borough Park, they have to have in their, on their staff a mashkiach. I don't know which hashkocha each store has, but whatever store, whatever it has, it has a mashkiach. Walk into that store. Ask to speak to the mashkiach who's in charge of inspect, in, inspecting vegetables and fruits. Ask that person the following question. How did you learn? Who's trained you? And if they answer you, Rav David Goldstein, so that's considered to be the new standard in the industry. Now, not everybody will agree with Rabbi Goldstein on every prop of everything he says. There are those who will feel that, you know, that, that they may go a little this way or a little that way. But basically, he is training everybody in the industry. We worked with him. We, you can privately train with him if you want. You can arrange it through me. But you definitely, he doesn't do it with women. He only does men. We tried it with the women. I, it didn't ever get anywhere. Uh, I, 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 if, you, if you want uh, 
if you, if you want to find somebody, all you have to do is walk into one of these stores, no appointment, ask to speak to the mashkiach who does the inspecting of the vegetables and fruits. Ask him if he studied with Rabbi Goldstein or who we, how he studied, and decide if you want him to train you. And then set up a program, and you'll pay him whatever he's going to charge for the time, and divide it up among the people that are going to come. And I can tell you it's not going to cost you a lot of money at all. And it's going to be a program that you will never, ever forget. Because these are the experts of our day. These are the people who know what to look for, how to find them. And, you know, most people that I know, most people, I'm not going to say women, but most people that I know do not know how to find a bug. They, they think they're going to see some kind of cricket on the top of a piece of lettuce. You're not going to find a cricket there. You could find a fly, you could find a cricket maybe, but that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for something that's very tiny. It looks like the same color almost. And you have to have a feel for it. You have to have some training. A person takes a piece of lettuce and waves it up at the, the light. That's not going to work. You really have to look at it in a light box on two sides. That's the only way. Everybody in the industry is doing that. And the only Everybody does look at it like that. And it doesn't take a lot of training, but it does take training. Otherwise, you're going to miss too many. So you need that, and that's what these people can provide. So that's how I suggest for the ladies, those two options, uh, class in the house. Could be anybody in the cautious field come down and talk to you, give you a lot of pointers, a lot of ideas, a lot of insights. And as far as the insect thing, get yourself somebody who is really trained and capable of teaching you from Aleph Bistoff how to find these things. Now, we're going on to the children because we're coming now to the beginning of the year. I think, we've talked about it on the show, I think it is absolutely a chiv for people who are listening to this radio show to take the time out and to call the Minahel and the Minahelis of the yeshiva and this girls' school that your kids go to. I don't care if your, kid is in an, your child is in elementary school or they're in high school. Seminary Call chicane. You should make sure that there is a decent cashless program being provided by that school. And you'll be shocked. You can make a calls to, you know, your elementaries and the high schools and the seminaries, and you can find that very, very, very few in Flatbush and Borough Park. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what's going on in Williamsburg, I can't tell you, but Flatbush and Borough Park, very few schools offer a serious cashless program. It's not difficult to do. And I want to share with you, I, I would go on to the details about it, but it really isn't important for you to give me, but me to tell you how to do it. Let the Menayel and Menahelis, who know more than I do about Chinuch, let them go ahead and give you some kind of uh, idea. And if you want to, yes, you can contact me. I volunteer to help every single seminary and, and uh, high school and elementary school on a, on a free basis to give you suggestions on how to set up a program. Anybody can contact me. The number is 718-336-8544 or kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com. A few weeks ago, we had on the show some people from the Star K, one person from the Star K, and he mentioned something which was very interesting, and I decided to look it up today to be able to prepare for today's show, so I did it. I went to the, went to the Internet, and uh, there's a thing called chinuch.org. Just the way it sounds, S-H, I'm sorry, C-H-I-N-U-C-H dot O-R-G. doesn't cost a penny, and you could do it. You don't have to go into having a yeshiva do it. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to have any official titles or anything. You just go there, chinuch.org, and just type in the word star K, S-T-A-R-K, and will pop up a whole bunch of stuff that star K made, awesome things that they made. I couldn't even believe it myself how much they have. They got a mezuzah and they got Padigas Toiloyim. And they have, which, which I'm interested in, is a section on chicken. There's no reason in the world that every seminary and every yeshiva shouldn't have something using this free tool, which is a combination of uh, these sheets. Uh, which you could uh, print out and hand out, and uh, you know, even if they're not in color, even black and white, they're very good. They're posters. You can make a big poster out of it. You can have. There's a class there. There's an MP4 
That's like a class. So if it, you don't have to be sophisticated. They, they have, a, they have a written up from Rabbi Moshe Heinemann himself, Chick, Chicken Shilas webinar. And he tells you what's going on with the kidneys and the neck and the leg and the thigh and, the, and, and other parts of the chicken. And any woman who has never heard this or seen this is making a very mistake. Why are you working with chickens and you've never seen this? It costs nothing. And everybody should have it. And they have a wonderful poster. It has pictures about different parts of the chicken. And it shows the wing, the thigh, the drumstick. And it's not terrible to look at. It's, not, it's one page. It's very, very simple to use. And I think everyone who's listening to here, don't, don't ask me to give it to you. Just go to chinuch.org. C-H-I-N-U-C-H dot O-R-G. Type in the word star K and look for the chicken uh, pieces about the chicken and the, the common shyless and problems in packaged chickens, the video and the poster. It's so easy to use and to get. It's a shame that more people don't know about it. And truthfully, I, I never saw it. I, I, I know I had it on the show, and that's when I found out about it. But it's only today that I downloaded it. But now that I have it, I definitely were planning to use it in many situations. I'd like to just say about this particular item over here that I hold very much from the, the book, uh, which we mentioned here on the radio. I, I, mis I mistakenly mentioned the, the author. The, the author is Rabbi Lach. I said a different name, so somebody who's going to be on the show in two weeks. But anyway, the, the, they have the book. It's called Chulin Illuminated. And in there, there are about 15 pages on chicken pictures. Those pictures were worked out so well, they really reflect the colors. And you could, I don't want to say Paskin from the pictures, but basically you're going to know everything from those pictures. So if anybody is interested, seriously interested in knowing what their chickens are, if there are any shouts in the chickens, yes, free uh, poster and video and MP4 from uh, Star K on chinuch.org. And yes, Hulin Illuminated is an excellent book to have. And if anybody wants to know different books to use in their school or in any classes, I'll definitely give you a nice list. There's some wonderful, wonderful svarim and books out. It's a shame that more people are not putting that effort into bringing this into the chinuch system, which is absolutely necessary for the next generation to be somewhat educated. I also think it ties in well with what we was mentioned here a few weeks ago by um, Rabbi, uh, uh, when we uh, when we, ha we had the, the Badakashras, Rabbi Goldberg, Badakashras of Flatbush, and he mentioned about the Kedusha aspect, about the places we go. People have to realize that Kashras is, demands something from us. The Torah writes that way. I'm going to tell you a story that I heard this morning. And it makes me absolutely sick. But it just shows how our people are about taking kashra seriously. Somebody went ahead and he was drinking grape juice. And a, I mean, a, he was drinking a Snapple that had grape juice in it with no Then Everybody knows Snapples have the okay on it. And sometimes it doesn't have the okay on it. It's the same company, correct. But it's not the same product, and the one that doesn't have hashkocha is not acceptable at all, even though it's made in the same plant. Because when the mashgich is there, then it's run properly, and it's and there is a control factor. There is no control when they're not there. So you can have in a store in Flatbush and Borough Park a Snapple drink that has okay on it, sitting next to one that has no okay on it. One is kosher and one is not kosher. And this fellow didn't look. And he drank the wrong one. Where did he pick it up? I don't even know. But that's because our people are not being sensitized. The more happens in Chinuch in the schools, the more that people are sensitized to take this whole matter seriously. Uh, that's a little bit of what one of the things I want to talk about today and you can call in now at 718-683-5858. I just want to tell you two more things, or three more things, and then we're going to go on to the, the what, what, what? We're going to go on to uh, your questions, whether they're in 
texting at 347-927-8398 or calling in at 718-683-5858. You can ask questions on any topic. Now I'm going to mention something that disturbs me very much. It's going to disturb you very much. But I'm not going to mention the name of the company for reasons I hope you understand. I'm looking at a comparison between a lab analysis and the packaging information on a, on a company that puts out a number of different products. And this is what I'm telling you now is what the lab found out. Now, why did they go into it? I have no idea. I know there's a lawsuit against the company, and it's one that has Hamish Ashkachas and that everybody in this audience is, would probably use. But it's not a question of kashras, but it's a, another question, and it leads one to think about what's going on. These are some of the variations. In other words, on the package, it says the sugar, 5 grams. In reality, it's 10 grams. Uh, the, they claim to have 13 grams of fiber. In reality, they have 5 grams of fiber. The calories they claim is 50 calories. In reality, it's 90 calories. The net carbs, they say, is 9 grams. And in reality, it's 18 grams. They, another one, uh, they, the net, they claim the net carbs are 6 grams, and it's 12 grams. Another one, they claim that it's uh, uh, net carbs are 6 grams, and it's really 11.5 grams. Now, these are not accidents. These are things that are being done. And, it's not, and what's sad about it, and here's one, the calories are 50 on the packaging, and the lab analysis of the calories are 110. Net carbs, 9 grams, they claimed, and it's really 18 grams. All this, and the fat, it says 1 gram on the package, and it's 3.5 grams. The point is that it's not accurate at all. That wouldn't bother me because life is interesting. You know, I understand. But what, what really scared me the most is that, they know there's a lawsuit against them. And everybody, if, you, if I would mention the name of the product, you go out and buy the product now, and you could get into that lawsuit and maybe make some money. But I think that's disgusting, and I wouldn't even be willing to, uh, to give you a hint at it because that's, that, that's a terrible thing, that you would just go ahead and like, steal money from this company. I, it doesn't sound appropriate. But on the other hand, it seems that the, the people who were making the lawsuit went to the company and told them this whole thing. And they haven't changed their their packaging whatsoever. And that's a problem. And that that that's goal. That's that's not appropriate at all. And believe that there, I hope to contact the cashless agency and to tell them that I think that uh, they should dis- be discussing with their with the company if there's if they're so and if they're so uh, dishonest in their packaging, I, I wonder if they're dishonest in other areas as well. But that's a very shocking thing that I saw and I, I want to share with you. And now I want to share with you something which everybody should take advantage of. It costs nothing. And it is unbelievable. And I don't know how many of you have seen these, but you can get this for no money and you'll, it'll be very, 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 very interesting. There's The OU puts out a thing called Dafakashris. So Dafakashris is really for people in the industry. It's not forbidden to get it, and if you want to, I'm going to tell you how to get it. I definitely recommend it to everybody to read it, but it's a, a little more sophisticated than uh, a plain uh, you know, stories that I would put in a magazine, so simple things for everybody to understand. It's really very high level, but not hard to read, and it's very interesting by the top people in the OU. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. If you want to get the Dafakashris, I don't have right now the, uh, oh, here it is. Send an email to Grossman, G-R-O-S-S-M-A-N, at ou.org, org. Grossman at, that's two S's, Grossman at ou.org, and just say, please put me on the mailing list, the email list for Dafakashris, and they'll email it to you. It doesn't cost them anything and doesn't cost you anything. And then what I, what I wanted to talk about today is a completely different thing that they put out. 
You may have seen it in shuls, and if you haven't seen it in your shul, then you have to contact Rabbi Grossman and in the same address, Grossman at, o, at ou.org. Grossman, two S's, at ou.org, and ask him to get the, the, the Dafa Kashras for consumers. Uh, he might email it to you, but you really would like to get it, the real copies sent to you to put out in your shul. He, they're willing to send them to people to put out in the shul. And if not, maybe you can just get the, uh, uh, get the email version and print it out yourself. The most recent one, which probably isn't even out yet, because it's called Yamim Noroyim 5776. I don't know if it's in the street yet. It talks about what could be wrong with. And it talks about what could be wrong with fruit cocktail, da 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 And it talks very, very interesting material in it. But what I'm interested in mentioning to you is a discussion that they're having about Chol of Yisrael. And I was really flabbergasted when I saw this because what they're telling you is that they're talking, first of all, they claim to have, I claim, I mean, they have 1,200 products that are Chol of Yisrael, the OU has. It sounds like a big number, but it's not so big because some companies could have like 100, 200, or 300, or whatever it is in the company, or, or maybe, and with different names, maybe 500 they could be in one company. But, but it's not, not two companies they have. They have a lot of companies that are, that are Chal Yisrael. But it's interesting was he discussed why Chal Yisrael is important. This is the OU sending out to all the shuls why Chal Yisrael is important. And I think that's important because we have a lot of people who listen to the show who have questions about Chol Yisrael. Here they're going to get answers. I'm just going to read a few lines, but you'll, you'd, you'd enjoy it more when you see it yourself. We've talked on the show before about something called displaced abamasim, the, uh, the operation that's done when there's gas in the, in the, in the animal's stomach and the cow's stomach and they have to perform an operation of some sort, a little, little uh, procedure. So uh, that it's called, uh, you know, to treat this thing called DA, displaced amasim. And basically they talk about the fact that um, the Chal of Israel is, is careful about that and Chal of Akram is not careful about that. And they mentioned uh, some fringe benefits of Chal of Israel, which I thought was very, very interesting. And one of them is the question about cheese because the OU's position is to be makel on cheese that is made from... Uh, Acid set cheeses. These are these are. Uh, they want to call them soft cheeses, even though they're, there's a lot of thickness to them. But they, they're from, produced by acid, and these these are soft cheeses that uh, they call acid set cheeses. So according to uh, according to Elio uh, Hankinsatzal, they they hold acid set cheeses are kosher as long as the ingredients and the equipment are, are kosher even though they're not made by a Jew and the Jew doesn't add anything to it. And that's a position where the OU sits. However, there's a significant... I'm reading from the book, from the article here. However, there is a significant amount of halakhic authorities who hold that acid-set cheeses are subject to the stringencies of givinus akum, meaning that unless the cheese is produced with a full-time on-site mashkiach, it's non-kosher. Not just not, not good non-kosher, Gervinus Akum. And he brings, um, discusses from the places in discussed in the Chalk Masodim and the Yorach HaShulchan. Chal Yisrael acid cheeses are made with full-time on-site kosher supervision, thereby fulfilling the stricter approach. And there's other things that he has in there too, very interesting reasons why one should be Chal Yisrael. And I thought this is extraordinary. The OU is sending this out to the shuls talking about why it's important to have Chal of Israel. It's so interesting because I, when I was down at the OU um, not so long ago, they, they, uh, they, they, they were talking about Chal of Stam, and I, like, it was, it was, the question was raised in a community like New York, like whether they should be Chal of Stam under the OU, or that we should limit it only to Chal of Israel. And the position the OU uh, has is that if people want... Chol of Stam, which they consider to be kosher and not a, a not usher, not not bedieved, but be kosher. So therefore, we're going to provide it for them. On the other hand, you see over here that they recognize that there's a tremendous advantages 
to Chol Yisrael, and they're trying to work in that direction. And that's what you see from this article, which I was absolutely flabbergasted when I saw it today when we received it in the email. So you can get that. It's called OU Dafa Kashris for Consumer Edition, or you can get the regular Dafa Kashris emailed to you. Just uh, email Grossman, that's Rabbi Grossman, but just write Grossman, two S's, at OU.org. And that's, that's some of the topics that we have, and I, I see no one's calling in, so I'll talk more. But if anyone wants to call, 718-683-5858. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, if you want to email us, I, you can text us. You can do that at uh, 347-927-8398. I have more stuff to talk about. If you don't want to call in, that's okay. But let me just share with you a few words about Glotmart, which is conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. When I think about Glotmart, I think about price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart. And at Glotmart, you'll save time by using their valley parking service. Just pull into Glotmart from the East 12th Street entrance. They'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with all those special items that you've purchased in the store. And at Glotmart, the quality of the meats is A1, with kosher certification from both the Star K and the Varakashas of Flatbush, with base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor. At Glotmart, you're getting quality kashras. Some of the items that are on sale this week, uh, that means starting on Wednesday, but Beigel's French coffee cake, $3.49. Geffen tomato sauce, 15 ounce, 69 cents. Hadar mini pretzels, one ounce, five for a dollar. Libra's butter thin cookies, 10.5 ounces, two for three dollars. White Rock seltzer, uh, one liter, two for a dollar, 50 cents a piece. Pashka's thin rice cakes, 99 cents. And until Wednesday, Wednesday, that means today and tomorrow, you can get Oberlander chocolate babka at 15 ounce for $2.99. And Snapple, we're not saying it's not kosher, the ones with the okay, Snapple, 64 ounce, $1.89. Hadar whole baby corn, 15 ounce, 99 cents. And Geffen cucumbers, 19 ounce, $1.29. Began crinkle cut fries, 2 pounds, one ninety nine. And in the meat department, family packed beef stew, $7.49. Lamb chops, $7.99. Family packed ground beef, neck and skirt, $7.49 a pound. Glotmart is at 1205 Avenue M. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glotmart, tell them you heard about Glotmart on Cautious on the Air over J Root Radio. And now we have uh, a caller, so we'll take a caller. Go ahead. You can call us at 718-683-5858. Go ahead. You're on Cautious on the Air. Can we help you? Hello? You're on the air. Either they're not there. They're off. Okay. Um, Somebody emailed us over here. I mean, they texted us. Speaking of Snapple, is it true that the OK gives certification on the ingredients but doesn't actually supervise the production? Not true. Not true. As far as I know, it's not true at all because it's absolutely impossible to do that, as I just explained today. Um, and, and I was told there was a mashkiach on-premises when they do the, the kosher production. It's the only way it could work in a company where there isn't a total commitment to kosher. It's the only way in the world it could work. I don't, I don't believe it any other way at all. Um, somebody's asking about a certain product, about a certain rum. You'd have to do a little more research. Uh, somebody's asking about a certain meat, whether it's reliable. We don't make those decisions on the, on the show. But you're going to have to uh, ask people about the different hashbakas. And uh, I can't believe it. Somebody's asking about 7-Eleven again, and I'm certainly not going to go there. We've been there so many times. So... Uh, no one's calling in. We'll continue the show. If you want to reach us, the phone lines are open, 718-683-5858. And if you want to text, 347-927-8398. Since uh, nobody has called in, we're going to, uh, no one has called in yet, I'm going to share with you another thing. And this I would give you, if anybody wants to email me, I would give it to you. I don't know if you're interested in it, but it's certainly an interesting thing. Uh, there's a Rabbi Kaganoff. I don't know if you're familiar with him. 
I believe he's in Israel in these days, and he was here in the States for many years, and he's a prolific writer. He did a nice piece, which I think uh, anyone who's interested in your day and smicha would be interested in. He put together a, a, some very interesting discussion. It's not, I mean, all this has been discussed many, many times, but if you've never seen it, you've never heard about these things, it's really very, very interesting. It's called Smicha and Sanhedrin Controversies of the 16th and 21st Centuries. You know, the, the smicha stopped many, many years ago. And there's a whole question, how are we going to be able to have, uh, you know, have a Sanhedrin? They need to have smicha. And so how's that going to work? And what does smicha mean today? What are the kinds of smicha and what, what do they mean today? And can, can we reinstitute smicha? And he discusses about uh, um, a number of, the Radvaz, and a lot of famous stories. If you'd never read it, read it before, it's about seven pages, and it's like a, a real nice slice of history if you're interested in smicha. And if you email me at kashra said well, I will believe that uh, send it to you. Now, uh, on, that, on the topic of, uh, of, of smicha, let me just take another moment to tell people about the different Concept, the different ideas of smicha. There are smichas that people have where they actually bought them, outright bought them. They went, you can't go into a store, but you could find people who have a name that they're rabbi, however they got it, and they're going to write a piece of paper and not give any test, not find any, anything about you, and they're going to charge you a nice sum of money. You can find them on the internet. There's one gentleman who he ordains women, and it's not uh, the one you're thinking about who just uh, just a new, a new who has a new school. There's not a school. He ordains women and he ordains men, and the price is six thousand dollars. Last time that I saw it, it could be now it's ten, but <laughs> that's what he was charging. There are people who take courses, and uh, some of them are short, some of them are long. There are places. And there's a fellow in Israel who is charging every month a monthly charge. And they, get, they have some very nice sheets, by the way, and they prepare beautiful sheets, but they're going to charge you a nice sum of money to go through this program. And I don't know if they're interested in whether you really know everything in the end or not, that I don't know how, how they test you or don't test you. And then there are some wonderful programs which you can study online, and uh, you can go to take, get Smich in Eretz Israel. But the, 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 the tried and proven method is to go to a shear, Ask your questions. Make sure that you understand what the rabbi is saying and that you can deal with a shayla when it comes up. That's the, on that, you should get smicha. How much you have to know? Okay, there's different levels of smicha. There always have been different levels. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein Zatzal used to give smicha for Orachayim. You could probably get smicha on other parts of the Shulchan Aruch and, and certainly Yeridea. There are many levels of smicha that you can get. And then there's a Yari yad, Yadin Yadin, and there's also uh, a Yati Bechiris. There's, uh, there's definitely uh, different uh, levels of, uh, of smicha that you could get. The lowest level is Ravamani. But for most people, that's sufficient. If you want to go into a, uh, an organization, let's say the RCA, they won't accept you. you have to, for that, you have to have at least a Yari Yara to be able to get into the RCA um, and, 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 and the organization that gives, us, gives smicha has to be acceptable to them. So that, that's something that everyone should think about if they ever are learning for your day for smicha. I don't see anybody sending anything in. I hope we're all connected, but, and no one's calling in. Uh, our number is 718-683-5858. So I will continue then. I hope everybody is hearing this, and I'm going to share with you uh, a few points from the article that I mentioned before from the Yedafa Kashras, which is uh, the consumer edition, and this is something very interesting. It's about what could be wrong with some of the foods that we eat. So, for example, canned vegetables. It's peas, it's beans, whatever it is. What could be the problem? The fact is they can be cooked in kettles that are used for pork and pork and beans. And it's not, could be, very often it is. Even some of those that with hashkacha are made on the same equipment as pork and beans. How could that be? 
because the kashrus agency determined that the pork in the pork and beans is nullified in 60. And therefore, the pork and beans is halachically not treif. The pork is treif, but the pork and beans itself in the can is not treif. And therefore, the, the machinery doesn't become treif. And this is something that conscious agencies study to see if they, when they're using the same common equipment, they study the, the actual pork and beans products. Now, how could pork and beans not be, be nullified? It says pork and beans. So that, that, that means the pork is more than the beans, but that's not true. The pork in the pork and beans is so little, you can't believe it. Why is it so little in the pork and beans? Because the, if you have too much pork, then the, the government is going to, you're going to come under the meat department. And the meat department is very, very strict. So the companies do not want to have that amount of meat that would bring down the meat department and require them to follow a whole set of rules. Instead, they prefer to have a minimal amount, a very small amount. There was a story, which is a little scary. I'm not going to go into it, the details of it. And it was a very sad story, very, very, very sad story. But somebody um, discovered many years ago a certain company that was making beans or peas or whatever it is on the same equipment that was making pork and beans. And that rabbi felt that the, that the pork and the pork and beans was bottled, was nullified, because it was less than 60 to 1. He knew the numbers. But this other rabbi was down at the factory, and he saw them putting the pork in the pork and beans. And he saw that they weren't s sitting around with a fine tool to decide how much pork to put in. They just cut a little piece and threw it in. Sometimes a big piece, sometimes a small piece. So that in reality, he said, the equipment was definitely being, uh, was being affected and the equipment was becoming trafe. So that uh, was an interesting story. Another, exa another example of something that could go wrong and something could be wrong with the foods that we eat is that tuna fish, and a lot of people don't know this, could, is, is made in retorts. That's a big, uh, like a, um, like a, uh, it's a big production facility. It's a, uh, it's sort of like a kettle, and in there, in in those retorts, they sometimes use the same ones for canned shrimp, and the tomato products are very often on the same lines that they do. Uh, t uh, meat and cheese, or meat or and tomatoes, or cheese and tomatoes, and that's something that a lot of people don't realize. That tomato products are very, very sensitive. Canned tomatoes, tomato sauce, tomato puree, tomato juice, ketchup—they need to have a good ashkocha because a lot of times it's being on the same equipment where they make meat with the tomato sauce or cheese with the tomato sauce. Another example is the processing aids they use. Uh, like pan liners and oils and release agents. These are things that even though they're not ingredients, they won't find it on the label. It doesn't say them not listed on the label, but they could be non-kosher. A number of years ago, there was a uh, candy that was coming out of Europe that's very popular. I'm not going to mention what, what it is. But many of the people here eat this candy from Europe. And what happened was they... The man who gives the the rabbi who gives the discovered that they were using trefa uh, uh, release agents on the on the on the belt, and they had the candy is on the belt as it goes through the system, and the, the thing that made it easy to remove it from the belt that it shouldn't get stuck on the belt. It's called a release agent. Was hundred and fifty percent treif, and when he found out, obviously he was not doing his job, but when he found out. Then he had it, they had it cash with all the equipment, and for a long time you couldn't get that candy with the hashkocha, because it, it was it was you know it was an issue that had to be resolved. In my humble estimation, that rabbi isn't uh, qualified to be giving uh, th that kind of hashkocha. Um, another thing that people should know is that even if all the ingredients are good, the question is the the source of the supply. Where are you getting this ingredient from? So, for example, it could be that the ingredient uh, is kosher in one country and not in another. So, for example, Coca-Cola. 
everybody is interested in Coca-Cola. Um, and and the, in, in Coca-Cola, there are certain ingredients, especially glycerin, that are sensitive, which means that they could be trafe. So in this country, all you give on Coke, and therefore they're kosher. But in other countries, the OU has no connection, and it can very well be that the source of the ingredient is treif. So you could here you could have a Coke, the same exact ingredients, but in one country it's kosher, and the other country it could be literally treif. And then, of course, things like wine, grape juice, alcohol, and vinegar end up a lot of times in our foods, and those need very, very, very good ashkachas. We have a couple of people who texted in. I see they're not brave enough to call, but what can I do? So unless it's a problem with the calls today, if if there was a problem, you try to reach us. I apologize. We have no control over it. But anyway, I'd like to share with you a few of the um, comments that people are asking over here. That somebody's asking about a certain certain thing about whether it needs, whether the concern about insects in it. You should have in your house a reference guide for $25. Rabbi um, Moshe Vaya's book, B'dikas HaMazon L'Halacha, which is exactly $20, $25, $25. It is a, a recent book. It's in English. And it is the classic book on the whole topic. And you take a peek over there. And 99% of the time, things haven't changed. If they've changed, you know, you have to listen to this show, follow what we do in the, in the magazine. And now we have a new website called bugfreekosher.com. I know it sounds funny, but that's what I made up. Bugfreekosher.com. That's our, our new website dedicated just to insect infestation issues. You can go there anytime and see what we have there. We have a number of the things that go in the magazine and things that we hear about, we put up there, post for you to see and to be able to take advantage of. Anytime something comes in in writing that we, you know, we get an email, we'll, we'll, put, we'll put it on there and you can just pick it, pick it up. Look, look occasionally and see um, the last item that was added in and when it was added and you'll know if you have all the material. Uh, somebody asked about the nutrition facts on that particular company. Uh, he, asked, he says, I understand why I didn't, give, I didn't mention the name of the company, but on the other hand, it, it, hurts, it can hurt a lot of people. For example, I'm on a very strict diet, and I depend a lot on a certain company with lots of products to help me. If it's this particular thing he mentioned, uh, he has to know because he would stop using it. I can't mention the name of the company now, but I want to tell you, if you're still listening, that that is the company. And I don't know whether it, it is accurate, the information that I was given. It could be all Sheker. And there is a, a, law, a lawyer whose uh, name was associated with it. And if you look around a little bit on the internet, you'll probably get the same material that I got that somebody sent me. But yes, yes, it is that company that you, want, that you mentioned in your email to me. So I'm answering you. Uh, if you have a concern, and I know what this concern is, that you have the physical concern you have, so I would suggest you can discuss it with the company itself and let them answer the, to you whether they are really uh, being ripped off by this lawsuit that may be not accurate, may be false, or whether there's truth in it, and then maybe you'll be able to get more information direct. Somebody asked now about Snapple. Is it true that the OK legal certification... No, it's the same question as before. It's the same, it's the same question that somebody asked before. Funny. But I, okay, we only have a minute left, so let me just share with you that we uh, are offering our listeners, as always, we, we're trying to give you the best deals. If you want to get the subscription to Kasha's Magazine, we just we just printed, uh, as we're talking, we're finishing up now, the mailing for September, we're mailing out two things, the Kasha's Magazine, and we're mailing out the uh, addendum to the Kosher Supervision Guide. So if you want to subscribe now, I'll also give free the $23 book uh, on the wings of a child's prayer and 52 stories from Kashrus Magazine's 35 years of, of production. So it's a tremendous opportunity. It's a book that you could use or give it away and you save yourself $20 or $23 actually and you get the magazine coming for the year with all the information that we have which is much more than I could possibly say on the radio. So if you want to, call us at 718 718- 
336-8544 or email us at kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at AOL.com. Again, 718-336-8544. Just leave a message and we'll get back to you. Tell us you want to subscribe and you want the free book. and uh, the uh, Or you can get email us at K-A-S-H-R-U-S at AOL.com. Until next week, this is your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler.